Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, January 5th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. I'm glad we're this early still in the year and you haven't messed up the date on a podcast yet. On a podcast. I mean, I did yeah. it in the show notes that you <laughs> yeah. had to figure out why my draft wasn't there for you to put the audio in yesterday. But uh, uh, It wasn't even that. It was um, I didn't really notice until I realized I saved the file as 2022 oh. and then went to up upload it and they're like you already have a file of this name and i was yeah, like oh and then, I, <laughs> and then i looked at your posts and it was 2022 so we're doing great here yeah at it is Radio. it is it well let's be honest everybody does it every year exactly we don't really write checks much anymore no so God, like no. i feel like <laughs> Re, uh, mistitling your podcast audio That's and show the, notes is the new the equivalent, equivalent of writing checks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, nonetheless, on Wednesday night after we record, I am going to a movie with my Ooh. brother. I'm going to see Avatar: The Way of the Water or The ah. Way of Water. My brother is one of, I guess not, I always make fun of him because he's like an obsessive Avatar fan. Like he saw the original movie like maybe 12 times in the theater and then who knows how many times since. I think this will be his third or fourth time seeing it in the theaters. Uh, It'll be my my first. But I mean, look, it's already crossed one one and a half billion dollars in like three weeks at the box office. So people are into it. I just didn't realize anybody other than my brother was. I was just saying, it's not my thing. So that's... That's quite weird to me that someone is that obsessive yeah. about it. But hey, yeah, like it's fine. I don't. I didn't dislike the first one. The first one was fine. I it was good. It was good. Whatever. Um, but I'm going more just so we can have conversations about it, me and my brother. But there you go. Cute. We'll see. Anyway, all right. I will not be talking about it on a Patreon episode of Broadway Radio. But if you want to hear everything else that we do talk about <laughs> over there, head over to Patreon.com/slash/BroadwayRadio, BroadwayRadio.com/slash/Patreon. Next week, I'm going to be seeing the national tour of Tina Cole and the Tina Turner Music. And the Hell day yeah. after I see it, I'm going to be interviewing not one, but two Tina Turners because on tour they rotate uh, every other performance pretty much who <laughs> is playing Tina. Tina. They Yeah, they do. So I will be talking with both Tinas. So I will be getting that episode out post haste after the interview on uh, Wednesday the 11th. But anyway, all right, Ashley, the biggest story of today was despite the fact that it's the biggest story for me every week, it's the Broadway grosses coming off of the the holiday year, the holiday uh, week that ended the year. It was absolutely bananas, Mm B-A-N-A-N-A-S, because 33 shows on the boards, the same as the previous week, despite that fact, there was a 49% increase in the overall box office receipts to bring in Broadway's grosses to $51,912,862. It's a lot of money. That is, that is the highest grossing week on Broadway in over three years. The previous one was about four-ish million, three and a half, four million more. That was the week that ended on December 29th of 2019. So clearly this is the biggest week since the pandemic. And a ton of shows, I you probably got all the press releases as well. Like yeah. pretty much every show announced that they had broken their individual house record <laughs> yeah. for Congrats, the grosses. I guess. Yeah, which we will get into here in a second. But more than anything else, the biggest bit of news to come out of that is, is not only did the Lion King set a mm-hmm. record for the Minskoff Theater, it set a record for Broadway. Like Crazy. 
ever. The Lion King grossed $4,315,264 last week with an average ticket price of $85.89 over their top listed ticket price. I don't understand mm-hmm. how this works, but 284.89 was their average ticket price. We'll get into that, of course. Tons of shows on Broadway take advantage of equity rules that allow you to do nine shows during a holiday week. You just mm-hmm. have to counterbalance that by only doing seven in a corresponding week within a certain amount of time. 20 of the 33 productions played nine performances last week, and every single production on Broadway except for one saw their grosses increase. Ashley, do you want to guess which show did not see a grosses increase last week? Oh, God. Uh... It'll, make sen- it'll make sense once I tell you what it is if you don't get it. Okay, I'm not sure off the top of my brain, so... It'd be Jefferson Mazes or Christmas Carol. So, uh, okay. of course... That does make sh- sense. It did play until the first, so it played a full nine performance week, but it's the week after Christmas, so that yeah. makes that makes a ton of sense. Um, but let's real quick run through the grosses. I'll just give you the totals for the top five, and I'll try to note which shows did and did not play to nine performances. I mentioned The Lion King's 4.3 million. That was to nine shows. The rest of the top five were also shows that played to nine performances. That was The Music Man at 3.97 million, Wicked at 3.15, Aladdin, which was another house record, was was 2.85 and then the phantom of the opera in the top five at 2.79 um hamilton and cursed child were sixth and seventh on the list those actually only played eight performances last week Mm. hamilton was at 2.74 cursed child was at 2.67 then we had beetlejuice and funny girl which were both at nine MJ was at eight performances at 2.23. Then we had uh, Moulin Rouge, Into the Woods, and Book of Mormon all in the upper 1.5 to just under $2 million doing nine performances. Six only had eight shows. That was at 1.7, basically. And Juliet, uh, A Beautiful Noise, Chicago, Town, Some Like It Hot, and The Piano Lesson all had nine performances. And then the lowest grossing show that was still above seven figures was almost famous, just cracking um, $1 million. It played eight performances as well. Um, overall, so many shows played to um, nearly full capacity. 18 shows played to 95% capacity or greater, and only five were actually less than 70% capacity. Yeah. I'm not going to run through necessarily all of the details on those. You can look through the specific numbers. But what we talk about this every year when we get these same stupid press releases about like, we broke our own house record. You're not adding seats. So it's not like you're, you're not not bringing in more people. Seats for people. Yeah. Right. So all you're doing is you're sending out a press release saying you are pricing your stuff higher. And I get it, inflation. And I mean this legitimately. I'm not making fun of it. Like, no, 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 no. Prices have to go up every year. That's the, that's how things work because as much as we hate it from a consumer standpoint, like that's also what pays the workers on the show, the labor more money. So I get that, but like, I don't know that that's necessarily press release worthy. And it kind of bugs me every year, especially when the lion King has a $285 average ticket price. I mean, people are paying it good for them. I get supply and demand, but it's just like, come on, man. Gross. No, no, no pun intended. Yeah, but partially intended, or at least <laughs> subconsciously. 
No, I know it's it's not a press release worthy thing, but it is a press release worthy thing because it's a big shiny, you know, yeah. we we beat the thing we previously beat kind of thing that they could send out, and of course that's PR in a nutshell. But yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. It means that their ticket prices are higher than ever at a time where they're higher than ever because it's the holidays and more people are coming in, which is great because we actually have a tourism yeah. season again for the first right. time and in it- years. And I do think it's important to note for press release purposes because we are still dealing with the pandemic. Like, I think Mm -hmm. the fact that they are having these totals coming out of the pandemic when things were relatively bad in previous holidays, like, I I do get that it makes sense. It doesn't hurt to see. It doesn't hurt to see, but it means basically nothing. Yeah. Um, But I am uh, really looking forward to all of those cast and company members getting their seven performance week here very oh soon so God, they can get yes. an extra day off because i'm sure they're exhausted Put your feet uh, I, up. I had this conversation with my family mainly my niece because we were talking about i forget what it was um but we were talking about a show that somebody had been in for years oh we were talking about uh eva and reeve re-upping at ah. Hades Town. She, mm-hmm. and my niece was like i don't know how you can do that the same thing for like three years and we were talking about like well one Wait till adulthood. We all basically do the same thing every day for years. Sure. But but also, like, um, you can look at a, a performer's schedule and be like, oh, they've got a three-hour show. They get their, you know, only have to get their 30 minutes before the show. Let's say it's an hour, so that's four hours. They unwind, you know, get out of their costume. It's another five hours on the back end. So, like, you look at it and you're sure. like, five-hour day, not that hard. Not too bad, but, except for all the physical Yeah, stuff. <laughs> with all the physical stuff they have to do. All the stuff that to, you've to, been training for for years. That's exactly. what it's worth, yeah. Well, that, but then also, it's like, especially in, like, dance heavy shows, the, the rigor they have to do, they have to take care of their bodies, they have all the rehearsals. Totally. So, like, it, it doesn't look like, oh, nine shows a week, not that big a deal. It, it's a big deal. It's It's a very big deal. It's a big deal. All right, let's move on. We got some interesting off-Broadway casting from some shows on Wednesday. On Hump Day, Lincoln Center Theater announced that it will present the new play by Keith Boonin called The Coast Starlight. It'll be directed by the great Tyne Raffaelli. It'll begin previews at the Mitzi E. Newhouse Theater, which I just went to for the first time last month. That's a gorgeous uh, yeah. space. I love yes, that it theater. Um, it begins performances on February 16th, ahead of an opening on March 13th. In The Coast Starlight, a young man armed with a secret that can land him in terrible trouble boards The Coast Starlight. Starlight, the long-distance train that runs from Los Angeles to Seattle, with the help of his fellow travelers, all of whom are reckoning with their own choices. He has roughly 1,000 miles to figure out a way forward. The show will star Mia Baron, uh, Camilla Cano-Flavia, uh, Reese Corio, Will Harrison, John Norman Schneider, and Michelle Wilson. It sounds interesting. I like... Pretty good. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I like plays and movies set on trains. Ooh, I yeah, I see that. I see that for yeah. you. Are you a it's murder on the Orient Express kind of, of person? Or, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously. of course. Yeah, because yeah, of that saying. There Makes was sense. a show, there's a show that was playing at 59 East 59th in December that I was trying to sneak in a, to get to, but I just didn't have a spot in my uh, schedule. And I forget what it was called, but it was just two people on a train and it, it sounded fascinating and I wish I would have been able to see it. But, off peak, uh, maybe? Yes, that's exactly what it was. Yes, very go. good. Off peak, mm-hmm. yep. Um, speaking of not-for-profit off-Broadway theaters, the Manhattan Theater Club announced the cast for their upcoming presentation of the show, The Best We Could, and then parenthetically, A Family Tragedy. It is written by Emily Fieldman. It'll be directed by Daniel Alkin. It'll begin performances, uh, on Wednesday, March 1st. And no, it's on February 7th, opening on March 1st. The mm. show will feature Aya Cash, who is, uh, a regular, 
TV star on The Boys and Welcome to Flatch. I also saw her in the public theater's Ooh. Kings a few years ago, oh, uh, yeah. opposite Gillian Jacobs. Um, Brian D. Coates, who is um, seen uh, at MT- in MTC's Jitney. Maureen Sebastian, the indomitable stage screen and voice actor Constance Schulman will be in it as well, and as will Tony Award winner Frank Wood. In this show, a daughter's road trip with her father becomes a theatrical journey across more than just state lines. This funny, wise, and heartbreaking debut from an exciting new writer will be brought to vibrant life by director Daniel Alkin, whom MTC audiences will remember from Fool for Love and Fulfillment Center. Another good one. I like We've road got- Trains, it's not we've got cars yeah. yeah it's a lot of traveling in this episode let's just get something on a plane then we can have yeah. trains planes and automobiles we and go. we'll have everything covered um all right this was a story i was gonna throw in yesterday but we kind of ran uh, we had a lot of stuff so we uh didn't get to it but january 1st is not only new year's day it is also public True. domain day so oh. how this works is that the way that copyrights work in the United States, they have 95 years of copyright protection. Then after 95 years, on January 1st, they become part of the public domain. Yeah. There are a number of very interesting things that are part of the theatrical landscape that um, became part of the public domain on January 1st. I will note some of them. Funny Face and Wonderful by the Gershwins, Ooh, which are from the musical yeah. Funny Face. Old Man River by Oscar Hammerstein II and Jerome Kern, mm-hmm. obviously from Showboat. Irving Berlin's Putting on the Ritz, which obviously plays a big Fun. part in the both movie and musical version of Young Frankenstein. Yes, Those are now in the public domain. Some other things that come into the public domain, Virginia Woolf's To the Lighthouse, Thornton Wilder's The Bridge of San Luis Rey, Willie Cather, or Willa Cather's Death Comes for the Archbishop, Edith Wharton's Twilight Sleep, Herbert Asbury's The Gangs of New York, and all of Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes stories that nice. were not already. Um, also, The Jazz Singer, which was the first yeah. f- feature-length movie yep. that had sound, um, is now in the public domain. So there's a lot more. Of Very those cool. things, Ashley, yeah. what would you like to see like a completely unauthorized take on in some form or another god i don't know you mentioning the jazz singer is always really fascinating to me like you said the first talkie um so i don't know i don't know if you could do anything with that but as far as you know film history and domain history goes that's always the most fascinating to me yeah we have something similar to this that'll be coming this year there's a winnie the pooh horror movie that is coming out because Because it is in the public domain now, and while Disney will continue to produce the, like, official Winnie the Pooh content, this is very much not that. That's very cool. Um, (laughs) Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, the original version of Mickey Mouse, which was from Steamboat Willie, that will enter the public domain next year. Now, yeah, how that Mickey Mouse, very different from the current Mickey Mouse. So it'll be interesting to see how Disney deals with that. They did not really seem to fight Winnie the Pooh all that much, but who knows what happens with uh, with Mickey the Mouse when he enters the public domain, at least in his initial black and white form. Obviously, a lot of specifics with that regarding likeness. So I don't know how you make those arguments because he's not 
that exponentially different, but well, he's he was a very more sarcastic. He was much more like Bugs Bunny, True. to be honest with you. So like, yeah, there's yeah, things yeah. There, and like similarly, there's well, a current likeness fight. versus actual characterization. Right. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know what arguments those are going to be? Well, it's interesting because I I read a good article in uh, at Puck News. If you're not familiar with Puck News, they focus on some of the business and entertainment stuff um, over in Hollywood. They had a really good article about the fact that a lot of the heirs and still alive creators of comic books are kind of fighting giving up those rights and including the fact that like um superman he will be coming into the public domain in the next few years within the next decade but they kind of are fighting as to what parts of his persona can be in the public domain because like Mm. he didn't he didn't he wasn't able to fly until like 10 years into his run oh, so like can they do superman without him flying or do they you know or does that become part of it so they gotta wait like that. another 10 years until the flying right right so it's like it's right so it's kind of similar thing with winnie the pooh and and especially mickey, mickey mouse yeah. where how can you just do the version that was available 95 years ago or can you take everything that has happened since then what's fair what's not either way interesting stuff cool obviously stuff. Once things are in the public domain, there are bound to be musicals about it. And that's why we have like 97 different Great Gatsby shows <laughs> yep. that are working their way towards New York because it is in the public domain now. So anyway. All right. Last thing I'm going to leave you with. This is something that I am hoping leads to her inclusion in the upcoming third Mamma Mia movie. Oh, but on New Year's Eve, my old friend, Dame Judi Dench, former Broadway yeah. radio guest, she sat down Kind of. I mean, she sat down at a piano. She did not yeah. actually play the piano, despite the fact that it looks like she was, um, to sing the song Waterloo on New Year's Eve with Scottish singer Charlene Spiteri. Um, mm-hmm. the, of course, James, Dame Judy Dench was the original Grizabella in Cats in London before Truly. tearing her Achilles tendon and having to be replaced. Um, uh, she is doing it. Dame for it. Yeah. <laughs> because she got out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, um, she's not doing a ton of singing in this and she's sitting down and like pushing keys on what is obviously a player piano because keys yeah. are going down, but are nowhere near her fingers. Um, but look, <laughs> if they wanted to put her in the third Mamma Mia movie, whatever they're calling it and like make her be someone's grandmother. I mean, like we already know that somehow Cher is Meryl Streep's mother, although she's like five she's years older than her. all of our mother. That's why. Yes. So is Judy Dench like the grandmother? Yeah. Like how and does she's this all of work? Our grandmother, yeah, yeah. Or like, do we fast forward? Is is she like Sophie in the future? Like, how does this work? Ooh, um, maybe. So I I would be fascinated to see if we could get my old buddy, my old my old drinking buddy, friend. Dame Judy Dench, yeah. my Biffle, <laughs> my Biffle from another buddy. Miffle. Yeah, um, <laughs> see if we can get her into a Mamma Mia movie. I mean, after. Awesome. After being in the Cats film, I feel like she she deserves a chance to be in a entertaining movie musical. I mean, was Cats not entertaining? Well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not, not in the, the way correct they ways. I mean, it depends. Have you seen the butthole version? Because uh... I mean, I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> My petition has not been answered. Uh, no. Anyway, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just <laughs> Google it. Because like. You missed out yeah. on some very interesting Google, narrative. Google butthole version. Or butthole cut of cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but absolutely. Do you Make need to that bleep this? Maybe. You tell me. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, whatever. We'll see. Uh, all right. I think we'll end the show on that. It's at 20 minutes, but that is exactly when we go off the rails. So thank you for listening, everybody, to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Wednesday, Twitter. and too. Ridiculous. It's, it's the last day of the week for me. Um, oh, thank yeah, you for listening. True. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Ashley, where can people find you, which is not on Twitter? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. No, this is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Thursday. And Grace and Ashley will be back to talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.